Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. And once again, this is our Chicago Bears edition. We have covered all the Chicago Bears games, good, bad, and ugly, all together, right? Every game we've covered uh, since uh, week one. And this week, we're going to talk about the Bears' loss to the Arizona Cardinals at Soldier Field by the score of 33-22. to And... To help me along the way, as always, Chad, never tell a lie, Lincoln. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing great, though. Hopefully doing a little better than the Bears are lately, because it's like they just can't put two and two together to make four anymore, and when they yeah. do, they get lucky. Yeah, Chad, this is like, as much as I like doing podcasts with you, it's to some extent having to talk about the Bears every week. It's like getting your tooth extracted. I don't know. There's times I'd rather have that done. At least I could get through the day. Yeah. Yep. So we're here to talk about a game. And let's face it, right? There really wasn't any expectation going into this game that the Bears were going to win, was there? Not really. I mean, there were so many question marks about when we were going to get Justin Fields back, if he was coming back, who was going to be playing this game for the Bears. I mean, we knew eventually that Andy Dalton was going to start, but... Who was he going to be throwing to? Who was going to be running the ball? Who was going to be on the offensive line to protect or at least keep their shoes on? Right. That's so, right. It's just one of those cases where a lot of a lot of questions and no real good answers. Right. That we saw it on Sunday. Right. And uh, Bears running back David Montgomery. I mean, he basically did everything except uh, shoot the Gatorade into the players' mouths. It seemed like he was. Uh, the guy all day long, right? Only only thing that could move was David Montgomery on Sunday. Yeah. Everybody else was covered and rendered useless. Yep. Even Cleo Herbert wasn't really mentioned that much in the game. Right. 141 yards rushing for David Montgomery. The uh, 2019 third-round pick from the Iowa State Cyclones rushed for a game-high 90 yards and one touchdown and 20 uh, one carries and caught a team leading eight passes for uh, 51 yards, right? Good mm-hmm. good effort. I mean, you know what's good about the guy, too? It's not just like, you know, you look at the numbers, but he's a hard, tough runner, and he, and he keeps those legs driving, and he's able to pick up an extra couple yards, it seems like, on every time he, on every carry, right? Yeah, I mean, once he gets the ball, his yak is impressive even when it's something where you should have been stopped one yard in, he can still push for four or five more yards if, if he gets the ability to do so. Right. I mean, he gets his momentum right, and the way he pushes, and five or six extra yards got on his yak are great. Yep. Especially with offense that isn't getting very far because the Lions not doing their job. Yeah. The $10 million man, Andy Dalton, threw four interceptions for the first time. Um since December 15, 2019, when he was on the Bengals in a 34-13 loss to the uh, New England Patriots. And I don't know, there was a couple passes, you know, you wonder if it was his fault, was it the receiver's fault, right? Yeah, in most cases it ended up being the receivers because there was the one that Cole Kmet had. Right. And he, he basically had the completed pass, but once he hit the ground, the ball was loose and ended up in... in uh, I think that was the uh, third interception, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, yep. Whichever one, that, it might even have been the one that Buda Baker had that he basically made him the best receiver the Bears had all day. Yeah. Interesting thing about, you know, this game and Andy Dalton's four interceptions is the fact that, as bad as that sounds, the Bears, you know, scored three touchdowns for the first time since week two over the Bengals, converted six of 15 third down opportunities and four of four on four down plays, scored TDs on all three red zone possessions and produced a season high 26 first downs. And when you look at those, if you just knew that and not anything else, you would have thought, hmm, 
maybe they won this game, right? I mean, what, as it, bad as those interceptions were, they did some decent things on offense. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that we had the four interceptions, our offense probably would have looked really good this game. But when you give the uh, the defense an opportunity to carry the ball every once in a while, you're going to make the offense look really difficult to work with. And yeah. In this case, the Bears did their best, but it wasn't good enough. Yeah. And on defense, uh, Roquan, uh, Roquan Smith... Roquan Smith not only started Sunday, but registered a team high, eight tackles and one tackle for a loss. You know, Smith was listed as questionable on the report, but and uh, but ends up playing, ends up having a good game again. And, uh, you know, once in a while I get this thought in my head, you know, the Bears moved up to get Fields, but right after they took Fields, the Cowboys took uh, Micah Parsons. And thinking about Smith and Parsons on the same defense is uh, – pretty interesting to think about there it would have been interesting to think about but as you can hear a lot of times in baseball with certain players the teams want how sustainable would they have been yeah you know when you're especially looking at a certain player to fill a hole it's like yeah you want this guy or that guy but if they're not going to sign with you don't waste your time trying to pick them and they sit out for a while i mean if you didn't learn anything from when ryan or when uh Eli Manning got picked by San Diego and then got traded to the Giants. You know, he didn't want to go playing in San Diego for a losing team. He wanted to go to a big city where he could be the focal point. San Diego, he wasn't going to be at that point. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Bears players, you know, who sat out on Sunday's game with injuries, you know, Fields, of course, with the ribs, running back uh, Damian Williams with the calf, Allen Robinson, hamstring, Marquise Goodwin, foot ribs, Akeem Hicks, seems like he's always not playing, and defensive end Mario Edwards Jr. ribs, and uh, their safety, uh, Tabor, was also inactive, right? So a lot of players missing from the game as well, and that didn't help, especially when you're playing a team that what uh, was 9-2. and two? Was that the yeah. record? Yeah. Yeah, they were 9-2 going into that game, and they right. looked like a 9-2 team. Yeah, they did. And a lot of people like are sort of like, yeah, I don't know about Kyler Murray. At least the, the Chicago people that didn't believe in Kyle Murray saw what Kyle Murray was about a little bit in this one too, right? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is the type of guy that may, maybe some people would have thought you're looking at the next RG3 type of player where he's going to run the ball all over, all over the place and get hurt. He's been far from that. He's had receivers to throw to. He's had confidence in his offense, confidence in his line. And he's just been made to be a professional football player based on what's been around him. And that's the thing that you're not going to see from guys like Joe Burrow, um, Baker Mayfield potentially, Justin Fields, maybe Jordan Love when he becomes the Packers starting quarterback, or some of these other guys that are waiting in the wings for their turn. It might be that, yeah, the line looks great now, but it's because they're playing for a veteran quarterback. Whereas once that, that rookie comes in, the confidence may not be there because they're like, oh, God, we got to wait for this rookie to actually prove himself. We don't want to be doing that. We want to win and win the way that we've been known to do. But now we're having to do it the way that the uh, rookie wants to do it, and the rookie's not going to be good. Yeah. And they already... Right. So the Bears have committed 15 turnovers in their last seven contests, um, which is really tough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when your quarterback's throwing the ball all over the place to the other team or you're fumbling like crazy, especially when you're doing all these, I don't know why they keep doing it, but all these wildcat things where Mustafer can't get the ball off the ground to hike it to Montgomery or, you know, when you're handing the ball off to somebody and they can't hold up to it, why? Right. You know, it's one of those points where it might be, let's go to the conservative side of the playbook and just do the normal handoff to the to the running back and just let him go. Yeah. Don't do these things like the wildcat stuff because, yeah, Montgomery might be good at it, but the rest of the team's not. Right. And maybe it's that we look for a center who has NFL experience and bring him in because Mustafer's not going to do it. Cody White here, we tried him for a couple of years. He wasn't very good either. 
So we, we need to find an NFL-ready center, whether it's a veteran that's looking for a new team or it's somebody that actually looks like they could be an actual center in the NFL out of the college ranks. Instead of trying to pull these guys up from other positions that we don't have a spot for them, hey, let's try and get center because we don't have one. Right. Well, guess what? The reason why they weren't a center in high school or college is because they couldn't block to save their life. And, oh, by the way, they can't block to save their life on the end or in the middle of that line anywhere. Maybe it's better to just say, you know what, you're either a practice squad guy or you're not on our roster. Right. Yeah. And it's tough. Uh, well, I guess, you know, they're going to have draft picks in the draft coming up. They might not have a first-round pick, but they'll have some draft picks and. Maybe they'll look at a center. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you don't see too often that a center gets picked unless it's in, like, the sixth or seventh round, and it's just one of those wasted picks to, yeah. to put on your practice spot. But otherwise, centers aren't usually big-name studs that are no. coming in off the screen, So just, just take the center from Wisconsin or Michigan. <laughs> just get yourself, a big, get yourself a Big Ten center. Um, other than the Rutgers team, maybe, and uh, and and you'll probably have some success with them. Maybe don't, maybe not go for the one from Nebraska either. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? To say don't take the, don't take the center from Nebraska when I remember they used to have Dean Steinkuhler under Tom Osborne. I mean, Nebraska used to. Oh man, we we should do a whole show on what has happened to Nebraska football. Out of all. Out of all the colleges that I can think of, like from the 1970s, like all the way up to now, I mean, we could talk about the Miami Hurricanes falling off, you know, from where they were under Jimmy Johnson and Derek Erickson and the rest of the coaches there. Or you could talk about Nebraska, you know, with Tom Osborne and, uh, you know, just what has happened. At least Barry Switzer was at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma is still pretty decent. But there's some... But some of it is just nuts. Even Michigan and Ohio State, they're still relevant in that now, as they were under you know Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. But Nebraska football, and I knew when that Big Eight, you know, broke up there, and when they went to the Big Ten, man, I knew that was it for them, because for, that rivalry they had with Oklahoma and Nebraska was one of the best things there ever was. Yeah, that was must be football on Saturdays at that yeah. time. Right. And now Nebraska football, everybody's like, who? Yeah. And it's sad. It really is. I mean, as a, as a college football fan of the 70s, it is kind of sad to see that red jersey with the N on it. And you also, you also used to be in awe of it. And they used to remind me of like they were uh, the Soviet Union. They'd come out there with those red jerseys like the Soviet Union would. And uh, pretty indescript no-nonsense team and just kick the living crap out of you. But now, it's like, who the heck are they anymore? Yep. And they're becoming the epitome of a lot of the NFL teams that we're seeing today, too. The Bears being one of them. Yeah. Who the heck they're in? Yeah. Why aren't they playing? I think George Hallis would have fired his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he would have he fired his... He would have fired his whole family, probably. And he probably should have. Right. He just said, you know what, when I die, don't keep the team. Just sell it off and go away. All right. Well, anytime I think, here's how I always think about George Hallis, right? So when New Orleans had that bounty gate several years ago, um, remember that? Yep. And I'm, and I'm like, if George Hallis was alive to hear that, you know, people ended up getting in trouble for having a bounty on a quarterback, he'd be like, well, what the hell are we doing here? That's what we were. That's what the. That's what football is about: is killing the quarterback. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, that's it what. Might the, have even been, it's like Vince Lombardi going, "What the hell is going on out here?" Yeah, Why I mean, that was the game. That was the game of the NFL. Exactly. I mean, they're doing all this work to try to make the helmets and the and everything safer, but the thing they're not looking at is how these teams are being trained when they're not in pads. Like, if you ever look at some of the strength training stuff these teams do, it's supposed to kill somebody. Yeah. It's not meant to be tame. Right. I mean, when you're build, doing all this body work to build up speed to hit somebody, it's to hit them, not to just say, ouch. 
Right. Is to hit him and put him out of the game. And that's the kind of thing they didn't do 50, 60 years ago. Right. I mean, your your grunt work was basically like your bear calls and your barrel rolls and things like that to get you ready for the season, not pushing 650 pounds with your legs or benching 650 pounds and all that kind of thing. Right. And that's probably where some of these schools need to be looking at what's going on with some of these players and why there's so many injuries is what are they doing for strength and conditioning that's not improving the body but is making them get so easily hurt because they're so focused on the weight training side of things instead of maybe get away from the weights for a week and just do some running or do some little stuff that that strengthens the muscle but instead of building it right yeah i mean you know it's crazy i've thought that with so many other sports too oh baseball pitcher how about the pitchers in baseball Mm-hmm. Between the pitchers in baseball and then basketball players and how they fall up over the years. Yeah. I mean, you used to, to see, like, the Detroit Pistons. They were not muscle-bound. They were just big, burly, ugly. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, you can't, you recognize these players, but it's more because of, oh, hey, look at his arm. There's more tattoos than there is bicep. Right. Right. Good points. All right, so let's move along here and talk about uh, some of the numbers from this game. And I think this is the real, I think this is a game where you can really see the importance of execution in a football game because Kyle Murray threw 15 passes, Kyler Murray, Andy Dalton threw 41 passes. 15 passes for Arizona, 41 for Dalton. And Murray has two touchdowns, Dalton has two touchdowns, but execution, four interceptions. Now whether they're Andy's fault or or Cole Komet or somebody else that did, you know, made a didn't catch the ball that went into an interception. The bottom line is they were not executing. And that really was the thing in this game is like when 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 the Cardinals had the ball, they made the best of their opportunities and when the Bears did, they did make some, the best of their opportunities. They had touchdowns in this game, but it was the turnover battle there and it's the execution of it. And I think that's a, a good telling sign there. I mean, forty it's you know, forty one passes to fifteen and you end up losing the game. It's the other team was more efficient. Yeah, I mean, the way that the Bears are executing things, John McKay would have said, I'm all for executing them. As he said about his Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. when they couldn't win a game because yeah. the popsicle uniforms just weren't doing it for them. Right. Oh boy, yeah. The way the Bears team looked looked on Sunday because they were wearing those orange uniforms. Yeah. It made me think my God, are they like the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? All right. They look awful. It, it makes you think, why are they wearing these things? They don't regularly win in them. Doug what, Williams. What is going other than Nike saying that we need to have this third uniform for marketing so we can sell stuff? Right. It's like, here's an idea. People aren't buying these because they look cool. They're looking, they might be buying them because they're different, but they're not buying them because it makes the team better. Yeah. Let me get you know, a, I mean, let me get a want the white with want the blue, not yeah. this orange stuff. Yeah. Stick to the traditional stuff. Let's get a message out to everybody. Stop buying Bears merchandise for a while. I mean, just just stop already with it. I'll not not just the Bears. It's almost like everybody. This stuff is so overpriced. And, Anything Nike pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, parents get you know, want their kids so involved in this stuff. They get them, hey, let's watch the Bears. Let's do this. Let's do that. And before you know it, they're out there spending thousands of dollars on the merchandise because their kid wants it. And, you know, they're wearing, I mean, there's something, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's something wrong when there's a a 14-year-old kid wearing a $300 jersey. Or a $300 pair of shoes because their favorite basketball player, yeah. whose name is associated with it. And it's like, my kid's going to wear the $200 and he's going to be the best player on the team. Then you see the kid actually playing. Yeah. It's like, um, where was he ever good? I mean, he can't even run. He trips over his feet. Right. The other thing, too, is that, you know, back in sort of like in the old days, 70s, 80s, even 90s, I suppose, right? You buy a jersey from some of a player and they're on your team for 15 years. Now... It's like you go out and spend the money, and then next year the guy's traded. You don't even want to wear the jersey anymore. Exactly, and most of the time when some of these people are buying the jerseys, they're buying them around this time of year when they're 
cheaper because of the fact that the team is bad, so the, the store is just trying to get rid of it, so they're putting it on sale. Oh, hey, great Christmas present. Two weeks after Christmas, the guy gets traded. All right. Like, thanks, Mom. Right. Well, I have a friend, and me and my friend, we have season tickets for nine. It's like a nine-game package to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I, I think, you know, nowhere more do you see this than going to Blackhawks games. And I said to my friend, how long will it take before we don't see any Duncan Keith jerseys or uh, Brent Seabrook jerseys anymore going to the games? It's like the jerseys. I'm even seeing Ben Eager jerseys still being worn at the games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably still seeing some people wearing Andrew Shaw. Oh, yeah. Wearing, yeah. They're yeah. wearing... I'm, Auntie Miami is probably still crawling around there. So <laughs> right, right. He hasn't been there since we won the first cup. Brian Campbell. Yeah. Seeing jerseys, yeah. Uh, Sod, you know, just you know, Fro Leak. I saw a Fro Leak jersey, the Blackhawk mm-hmm. Fro Leak jersey. Yeah, it's nuts. There's probably, there's probably a few Cristobal Hueys running around <laughs> there, and he hasn't played for us in like ten years. Yeah. Then he, then he didn't play for us. <laughs> right, and I'm like. Listen, you had a chance to buy a Kane, Taves, Jersey, and Keith. I'll throw Keith in there. It's like, but you bought it, you know, you bought a Crystal Ball Yui. Is it Crystal Ball, right? Isn't it Crystal Ball Yui? Yeah. Yeah. You bought yeah. a Crystal Ball Yui Jersey. Why? What was your thinking there? At least, at least if you had a Kane or Taves Jersey, one day you can show up at a card show and you'll get a signature of a Hall of Famer. But it's like... You go and you go and buy, uh, I don't know. I'll throw in another name. Let's keep throwing some names out here. How about um, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good one here. I don't want to say well, Marion Hosa because Marion Hosa is a keeper. Um, gosh, who do you think Shaw? You said Shaw. Um, yeah, I said Shaw. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others from those years. Nick Charlson on defense, right? You might yeah, answer him. Oh, how about Roosevelt? <laughs> <laughs> I have a yeah. I have a fitted jersey of Roosevelt. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Or yeah. what, what was the guy's name? Oh boy, I know him. I should know this guy's name, and I can't remember it anymore. He was uh, a very fast skater. He was kind of on the young side, but he never completely lived up to his expectations, and they traded him in the middle of the Stanley Cup hype. I can't think of who he was. He was fast as hell on the ice. But uh, anyway, that's enough of this. Let's get back to the Bears. Turvinen? No, but he kind of, yeah, I got you there. That's good. But that wasn't him. No, I'll remember him once once this podcast ends. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... And it's, it's the same across any sport. It's like you buy, like even with the Bears, you had some people that when Mike Lennon was supposed to be our starting quarterback, they oh. bought his jersey. And it's like, why? You know what? If I saw a Bears fan wearing a, a Glennon jersey, I'm just going to stop and laugh at him. Yeah. It's like you you want to pour the beer on him and just be like, what were you, what were you thinking? Or I'd say, are you related to him? And they'd say no and, and be like, okay, then why are you wearing his jersey? Exactly. No. It's it's there, not there's that it's like why Yeah. I'm a I'm a cowboy fan and I've got like six jerseys and it's Emmett, it's Aikman, it's Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, Bob Lilly, and uh I think Drew Pearson. I have a Drew Pe- Drew Pearson jersey, but it's like I'm not buying any Cowboys jerseys until they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going out and buying. I didn't go out and buy Tony Romo's. I'm not going to buy Dak Prescotts or Zeke's or anybody until you actually hold a piece of what is it? Metal the trophies? Hold a hold a trophy up in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, then I'll then I'll buy some. You're not worthy of it. Yeah. Anyway, so Christmas time's coming, people. You know, buy your kid a book. Buy him anything other than more sports memorabilia because you know nobody's. No, these people are so rich. No one's appreciating it. All right, running, running for Arizona. James Connor, twenty carries, seventy-five yards. I would think that's a lot of carries for Connor. Compared to what his career has normally been, yeah. when he was a pitch, he was carrying the ball, but not nearly as much as they would have liked him to. Yeah, which is why he was comfortable and able to go to Arizona and get some action. Yeah, because he was not used because they had so many other running backs. 
and Najee Harris is going to be the same way there pretty soon. They're going to end up stockpiling running backs behind him, but they're going to be better. Yeah. So it's like, where's he going to be a better running back? Yeah, you know what I noticed during the game? It seemed like Rondell, there were some Rondell Moore fans out there at, at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. Some Purdue people, right? Most likely some Purdue people or some people from Arizona that traveled up because they happen to have the money and go yeah. wherever Arizona. But it seemed like when he got the ball, it seemed like when he got the ball, he, there was like a little bit of a rush to the crowd. I heard a little bit like noise, like there were people, you know, rooting for him in particular. Yeah. And I think part of his thing is he's behind so many bigger names that it's like you want that underdog player like a Rondell Moore to do something. Right. But he's stuck Connor Hopkins, AJ Green is there, and then Zach Ertz, who just came in a couple weeks ago. It's like the poor guy needs to get some catches or some targets or yeah. even some carries, and he's getting nothing because of all this stuff ahead of him. Right. So it's like you want Arizona to say, here, go somewhere where you can get playing time, that you can get some touches, that you can do anything. The Bears. We get guys locked up. Yeah, it's possible. Go, right. go back to the Midwest, play for the Bears. You get some coverage or right. some uh, carries or some touches <laughs> right? around whatever Bears might have at that point. Because we're still trying to find a top receiver once we let Allen Robinson go. Yeah. He's going to eventually go. He's not going to wait around. Right. Yeah, that, that, uh, that yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. All right, so you look at um, the Bears. We talked about David Montgomery, 90 yards. After that, Herbert only got four. I mean, he got four carries. Not, you know, not everybody can carry the football, I suppose. But uh, receiving for, uh, you know, 15. Didn't have too many receiving. I think it was like 11 passes were caught. But a touchdown to James Conner. DeAndre Hopkins got in the action on a nice play there. It was that on fourth down, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a touchdown fourth down play for that one yeah 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 um grant five catches 62 yards Cole commit three for 41 david montgomery eight you know for 51 yards like i said what else can david montgomery do uh jimmy graham caught a touchdown pass a one yard touchdown pass and the, i was listening to this on the radio i had the radio on and the tv for some reason i don't know why that happened it just happened to be like that and uh the announcers on the radio for the bears I can't remember which which guy it was. So that Jimmy Grant, Joniak. huh? It was Joniak. Joniak. Jo- I think it was Joniak. It, he, maybe it wasn't Joniak. I don't know. Who was who was it? Thayer, Thayer, right? Thayer, I think it was Joniak. Thayer. I think Thayer said Jimmy Graham's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, hmm, is that For really what? true? Yeah. Is that really true? What do you think? Is he a Hall of Famer? No, I don't think he is at all. I mean, yeah, I'm like, yeah, wow, where is that? I'm like, where is that coming from? He had some good years in New Orleans, but he was playing second fiddle to other people, plus having a quarterback in Drew Brees. It's like, just because Drew Brees is a quarterback doesn't make it that you're going to be a Hall of Famer automatically. I mean, if that had been the case, how many other players that Dallas had would have gotten there because of Troy Aitman? Yeah. Or how many the players that are waiting to get that call from the NFL for New England because of, uh, Belichick and Brady. Are they all going to get it? No. I mean, really, what he is is he's a red. He's like a red zone specialist, I guess, right? Yeah, he's like he's like a, if you need a couple extra yards or you you just need that like sneak attack in the end zone, Jimmy Graham's your guy. But he's not the type that you're going to go to him every time because he's not that type of deep threat as a tight end that you're going to throw to him and he's going to be able to get you 20-yard passes all the time. Yeah. And especially now, he's aged a bit and he's not as effective. Yeah, maybe Thayer was just getting carried away because I'm like, I, I don't know. And I'll tell you what, if he gets in before Jason Winton gets in, that'll really be a crime. Well, the, the other part of the problem is Jimmy Graham has to retire and Winton will have a better shot of getting in because yeah. he was a better than right. with the Romo for his quarterback, but it might have been Romo. It might have been um, what else was there? Helen Moore or Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, you know he did it with all kinds of different quarterbacks and all kinds of different schemes. Whereas 
Jimmy Graham did it basically with one quarterback. Drew Brees, whether it was too, yeah. Drew Brees or the couple of years he was in uh, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Right. But other than that, it's like, did he really do anything special? Yeah. No. Just because he's a tight end? That's not good enough. No, that's not good. Just because you're big and you can jump and maybe stab a ball in the air and all of a sudden it's like, wow, look at this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not a down by he's not a down for down guy. No, no, not at all. And I think that should be a prereq to get in the Hall of Fame. You got to be a down for down guy. Um, Artie Burns, six tackles. <laughs> that was that was interesting to see that to see that stat. Um, yeah, I mean, so many different stats this game because so many people were coming in that were not normally getting used. Because we were missing players. Right. I mean, Artie Burns probably got the attention because of the fact that there was no, uh, there was no um, Barbara Quinn. Yeah. There was no this or the other that we normally would have that right. would do anything. I mean, yeah, Quinn might have played, but he wasn't effective by any means. No. And Kendall I mean, Vildor got a tackle. Considering most of the time we're talking about him having another PI. Right. So actually, that's a plus game for him. Yeah. Right. You get one tackle and not a PI, you're doing something right at least. Right. I mean, you look at it, Cole Komet even had a tackle, but that was in the situation where he, right. had, he had, a tackle, had an interception. David he Montgomery had one too. Yeah. And then you almost had uh, Andy Dalton get one, but he missed it on that, that 78 yarder that um, actually Dalton had a couple yeah. that he got credited for. Right. Like, other than the fact you threw four interceptions, what are you doing tackling anybody? Yeah. So. What was your major in college again? Mine was theology. So. Theology. Oh, I thought it was phil- I thought it was uh, philosophy. Well, almost. All right. And the reason why I ask is because what's the logic with this, right? So after the game is over, I see. Twitter posts that say, hey, clowns, you wanted Dalton in there over fields. Look what you got. And I'm like, just because Andy, I'm like, what's logic would tell you just because Andy Dalton didn't have a good game does not make Justin Fields better. Would you? Especially in this case, when Arizona is known for having a good defense, that could have put Fields out of the game for the good had he started and had some of the situations that uh, Andy Dalton had. Right. I mean, because we've seen what Justin Fields does. He overthrows. Not too much underthrowing, but he definitely overthrows or he misses connection with the receiver. I mean, there's been, there was one that I saw that somebody said that he wouldn't have overthrown a certain receiver, but yet the receiver went to go and catch the ball, totally missed it between his hands. On a touchdown pass. It's like, yeah, he, he threw the ball to him, but the receiver missed it. Right. Was that necessarily Justin Fields' fault? Maybe, maybe not. But in most cases, you're you're not going to see Justin Fields be able to come back from that regularly. And yeah. especially in a game like this where the defense was good. Right. And then the other thing you always hear is, oh, well, Mac Jones has uh, Belichick and uh, Justin Fields doesn't have Belichick. And I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if Justin Fields would have won that game against Buffalo. Who knows? He might have fumbled. Yeah, I mean. You, you, you don't can, know. You, you don't know. The Fields would have done this or would have done that, but it's like, you probably could have, would have, should have game all you want to. Right. But Get it done on the field. Up you get to the playoffs? Most likely not. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Most likely going to get you maybe the fifth draft pick. Yeah. Maybe the best one I saw was, don't play Justin. I love this one. Don't play Justin Fields for the rest of the season. Because if you play him for the rest of the season, the Bears may get into the playoffs. And if that happens, they they won't fire Nagy. And I'm like, are you rooting that your team doesn't get in the playoffs so so your coach can get fired? That is some twisted stuff there. I'm sorry. 
because I'll take my team in the playoffs any day of the week over, you know, wanting my coach fired. Yeah, I mean, in this case, it, it might be more that you need to fire the general manager before you fire the head coach. Right. But, like, you can't fire the players. It's right. Like, come on. Well, fire here, the guy that hired this coach first because he's making all kinds of bad decisions. Right. You so, take that first, and you find somebody better along the way. Because yeah. the coach may have needed a better general manager just as much as the quarterback needed a better coach. Yep. And then the people who want everybody fired in the Bears organization, because none of them know what they're doing, but these same idiots drafted Justin Fields, who they love. So, yep. they're, they're you know. All the whole high four touchdown game excitement and uh, Al Bundy types that are probably shoe salesmen somewhere. Yeah, it's like you can't call everybody a bunch of idiots and then say, oh, I'm so glad they moved up and got Justin Fields. And before they drafted Justin Fields, I heard many Bears fans say they better not do what they did with Trubisky, move up, give up picks, and get another quarterback. Oh, I heard that. I heard it from the same people that were happy, then changed their mind and said they're happy by getting by doing it and getting Fields. It's like, holy cow, you guys are some twisted – got some twisted minds i don't i don't get it you yeah. know just stick to there's, stick to one stick to one pattern or something yeah it's like there's a reason why you're the armchair quarterback and this guy's getting paid to be the head coach yeah he's taking a risk you guys are just going well you could do it better it's like okay go play madden and show me all right so now yeah and now they're going to play this thing like okay they're going to you know fire naggy and bring somebody else in what makes you think that person is going to have any more success? You don't know. It's like going on an interview. You know, I, you know, how do you know how this person is going to do their job? You don't know until they're doing it half the time. I know they got the name and blah, blah, blah. But look at Chucky. <clears throat> Chucky gets $100 million to coach Oakland, and he's writing emails, and he was gone. Bears. So, I mean, so much of it, you know, and, and like I said, you think you're going to get a good coach, and a good example of it is Jimmy Johnson. Look at all the great things he did at Miami. Look at all the great things he did for the Cowboys. But then when he goes to the Miami Dolphins, he couldn't win. He couldn't win like that. Nick Saban couldn't do diddly squat in the NFL. And, and now he's like, he can't, you know, I mean, who? <laughs> they're probably going to win another ch- national championship again. Who knows? So mm-hmm. you just don't know. So it's a lot about, you know, it's about coaching, but it's also about the relationships of these coaches with people in their organization that makes these coaches succeed too. So, you know, it's like all of a sudden you change Nagy and bring in somebody and that pill is going to get us poisoned in my yeah, view. Yeah, and it's, if you find your Nagy, who are you bringing in to replace him? Yeah. Oh, we're going to go replace him with Tom Brady's offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, who, well, wait a second. Tom Brady, I mean, come on. So he gets so is left. Which is he the guy that that's making Tom Brady good now in, at Tampa? Is that is that really right? I don't know. I mean, if, if that was the case, then why is Bruce Arians the head coach at, at Tampa right now? Then the fact that he's had NFL experience, you know, it's like yeah. you could have fired Bruce Arians and put Pryor and left which in there because his offense works with Tom Brady. It's like maybe it's the fact that Tom Brady can work with anything and make it good. That is why Tampa is so successful. That right. Some of the other quarterbacks have been so good because they can make their offense work because they're they're willing to do the things to make it work. Whereas some, it's like, I don't know what to do because the coach is telling me everything that needs to be done because they think that the only one that matters is them. Yeah. And that may be a situation where he's saying, everything's got to run through me because I'm the one getting paid the big money for it. So if it's not going through me, it's not going at all. Now we're here. I'm hearing some things about Sean Payton. You know. Yeah, I mean, once Drew Brees left, it's like, okay, now it it maybe that Sean Payton was only good because Drew Brees is doing all the work behind the scenes to to prep for the game and getting the, the play calls that he wanted. Yeah, may end up being the and, next Bears. But Tom Brady one too. It's nuts. So you 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 know, it's sort of like don't ask, don't you know. Be careful what you ask for because, you know, the green, the grass isn't always greener. And um, I don't know. Anyway, I can't figure them out. Really can't figure yeah. them out. 
Um, so this week, Sunday Night Football, I own you, right, uh, Aaron Rodgers? I own you? Yep. And he's going to own us again because guess what we're doing? We're taking <laughs> a coming back from injury, Justin Fields, and starting him against the Green Bay Packers in a game that they have to win to win the NFC North on Sunday night. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Bears, throw whatever you want to, but the Packers are going out there to win. They're going out to kill. They yeah. are going out to, to bring the title home for the NFC North on their field. And we're going to basically look at them and go, okay, here's what we got. Here's what we're going to do. Let's hope for the best. Yeah. So this really might be the crescendo to just an awful bear season this game, right? Because they end up losing to um, Green Bay. They fall a four and nine. And that might just math. I don't know. That might mathematically eliminate them from something, right? At four and nine now. Unless Minnesota keeps losing out, yeah. it will mathematically put the Bears sitting in third place in the division ahead of Detroit, yeah. unless Detroit somehow wins out the rest of their season, which could be possible. I mean, stranger things have happened. But if the Bears lose this game, they are basically treading water, trying to keep breathing right. for the rest of the season. Because after that, you've got two games against Minnesota, you have Seattle, and then it's like, what are you going to do? You know, by that point, it's like, do you keep throwing Justin Fields out there knowing that you're not going to the playoffs? Or you just corral it all in and just play Nick Foles for the rest of the season, along with the third stringers, and just let it let things fly. Yeah. Well, it's gonna get ugly, right? Sunday night. Yeah. I, it it can't get any uglier than we already expected. It, it can't get any more ugly than Cleveland, right? No. But if Green Bay puts up like forty five points in the first half. I think you're going to see a lot of Bear fans going, okay, what what movie is playing over on HBO right now? Or what's going on somewhere else? Because yeah. this game's over and I don't want to watch anymore. Right. Because then it's going to be the Al, the Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, Aaron Rodgers, Love, love Fest. Love Fest, right? Yeah. Look at that guy, Aaron Rodgers. Holy cow. What a, what a great guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Yep. You got to feel then, for that kid, Justin Fields. You got to feel for him. Yeah. We'll hear about it. And then it's getting ready to talk about us playing Minnesota on Monday Night Football in a game that's going to be as meaningless as Monday Night Football has been most of this season. Yeah. So. So, like I said a couple of weeks ago, really, more quest. I mean, one, like I said, what you were hoping for by the time the season ended was some answers. And unfortunately, this season is going to end with more questions about the Bears than answers. I thought at, at the end of the season, we'd be able to say, hey, we finally got some answers about the Bears. I know we have an answer on David Montgomery, but boy, they're going to kill him by the time he's, you know, by the time the team can ever get themselves together again, he'll be end up, he'll end up leaving because he's going to get killed. Um, just murdered the, the way they're, I mean, they're just going to wear him out. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, more questions than answers. I, you know, and of course now, the way this is looking, you're going to get a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, maybe a new defensive coach, and then we're going to have to go around. Well, you know, he's under, it's like the Jay Cutler stuff. Another new system is coming in and blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. No. They're, they're going to try to put the blame on Andy Dalton for firing, for getting the coach fired, and it's going to be like, no, it wasn't Andy Dalton's fault. It was Ryan Pace's fault for not doing the right thing to begin yeah. with. Right. Or just think, one, I'm not good at what I do. Fire me and bring somebody in who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I think with the move that was made, and I saw it coming from week one when they started bringing Fields in on these stupid plays. Like, oh, he's not a quarterback. He's out on the wing and blah, blah, blah. Once I started seeing that, I'm like, no, this this isn't going to go good. You know. They're, They're trying to do some wildcat stuff with him. It's like, why? Yeah. You know. And the one thing I will say, and I can't defend Nagy, you know, I can't defend him whatsoever on some of his play calls, though. Some of them are just these pitch outs on third down, these uh, wide receiver screens that just get 
chopped up on the line of scrimmage. Some of the, it seems like he, instead of going downfield, he likes to play horizontal and it's just not working. I mean, you you get to the point now where the NFL has become so predictable because players can't get downfield because they don't know how to create things and teams are not sure what to do because it's not drawn up a certain way or everything's so scripted that they're like, if we try to dangle off of play number 13 a little bit and call it an audible or do something different, we're going to get reamed out because it, it affects everything that's going to happen in the second quarter. It's like sometimes you might need to do that to get some energy going for your team because they know that the first 15 plays are scripted. They struggled with them in practice. They're not going to be ready for the game. Why are we running them? Oh, that's right, because our overpaid head coach thinks they're going to work against the team that that already knows how to defend it because they've seen it the last six or seven games. So yeah. they know this, what this team runs every game, so they know how to defend it. Let's go out there and do something different, maybe ad-lib if we have to. Right. You know, throw some Omaha's out there or something. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, I mean, I just think, He's been scouted. His offense has been scouted out. You know, I mean, the defense seems to know everything the Bears are doing. Yeah, it's, it's it's just become so predictable. It's like, here we are watching this happen again and again and again, and they're making no adjustment. And it should be in-quarter adjustment. It shouldn't be something they have to wait until halftime to talk about. He's like, you got how many headsets going on right now? That yeah. You can't sit here and say, hey, let's turn to page three run this play instead. Yeah, do the opposite. You know? Do the opposite of what you want to do, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're supposed to be thinking like three or four plays ahead, think three or four plays ahead while your offense is sitting on the on the bench going, what the heck just happened? Let's say, okay, we're going to go to page three and we're going to run these three plays. Let's yeah. do that and see what happens. You know, at least by that point, yeah, the team may not have practiced them enough, but at that point, they're not throwing something out there that the other team is ready for because they've seen it enough, or they knew how to defend it because they practiced against it all week. Yep. Well, time will tell, I guess, right? So this is uh, this seems like another massacre. I mean, I would be floored if the Bears ended up winning this game Sunday night. I'd be I mean, floored if they cut. Even kept it close. So it's a kind of it's a kind of game where you can almost like say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to bet every dime I have on it." <laughs> I mean, it's really. I mean, I don't know what the. I mean, I don't know what the money line's going to be on this, but I think if you bet two dollars on uh, Green Bay to win on the money line, you probably win uh, two dollars and one cent back. You you at least make a penny, yes, and you'd probably <laughs> be able to take the over no problem because the Bears defense won't be able to stop yeah. anything because. By the time they're down by 21 in the first quarter, they'll have shut down because the defensive coordinator won't know what to do because he's not allowed to do any kind of an adjustment to stop things because the coach has already said, we're running this set of six plays and that's it. Right. So maybe the interesting thing in this game, if you had a bet, would be, will Nick Foles get a snap? What's the chances of that? What quarter? (laughs) You think he will then? If he does, I would think he might even overtake Dalton and be the backup instead of Dalton being the backup. Yeah, I think it's almost Nick Foles. Well, they're going to give Fields a shot. If Fields, you know, gets nicked up and he can't play, I think you got to get put Nick Foles in next. Yeah, I mean, you got nowhere else to go if if you're down say thirty-five to three at halftime. You got nowhere else to go because Dalton, yeah, he might be able to get you back in the game because. The Packers will start sitting players, but it's like by that point, put Foles in and see what he can do. Yeah, at least he, at least he, at least at one you time know? he was able to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean it, by that point when you're down like thirty-five to three after halftime, it's like most cases Green Bay is going to play Aaron Rodgers for a little bit, get up to forty-two to three, sit him <laughs> the rest of the game. The team they all know right. that you're going to run the same stuff to try to at least get a point or get in the field goal range. And yeah, we might have a good kicker for that, but we need to be doing some things to actually say, hey, we can do things without having to use Justin Fields or having to use certain starters that we can actually adjust or we can come in and do something to be like, oh, Green Bay gave up so we can take advantage. Right. Yep. (laughs) 
All right, Chad. Well, once again, I guess it just became a bitch session, but what else can we do, right? Talking about the Bears. Yeah, I mean, if there had been anything positive about this game on Sunday, no, we would have been talking about it, but there was nothing, and I'm afraid to say it might be the same way next week when yeah. we're talking about this Packers game. This uh, Bears yeah. that has been falling apart lately. You know, you want to be able to be having some positives going into that game, but if Green Bay runs all over us and takes over to, to the point where it's 35-3 to 3 at halftime and we're basically going, well, how do we adjust? It's like, well, we already know we're probably not going to adjust. So it's like hoping that Nick Foles comes out ready to play because he's going to get playing time. Yeah. And then after that, if we lose so bad, it's like, well, you might as well just let Nick Foles start the rest of the season and tell Justin Fields your experiment's over. It's just we were a terrible team. Yeah. There wasn't anything that we could do to, to benefit you any more than what we already did. Right, and I've said this several times, and and again, you know, this schedule is certainly not helping the Bears either. I mean, this is this has been a brutal schedule for the Bears this season. You know, they're not playing the Giant. I mean, they're not playing the Giants. They're not playing the Jets. They're not playing Houston or Jacksonville on this schedule. It's it's a tough schedule, and they're playing such a variety of quarterbacks they've seen during the course of this. Aaron Rodgers twice, Brad uh, Brady. Roethlisberger, right? And then you had Lamar Jackson thrown in there. So, oh, but he didn't play. That's right. They got lucky he didn't play. Mm -hmm. But if you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, it's like, wow, this is like such a variety. You know, Russell Wilson's still ahead. Such a variety of different successful NFL quarterbacks they're facing this season. And and I think this is just... so many good names to go against quarterback-wise that it's like, what are they going to do? And actually, we do have the Giants coming up on January 2nd, but they don't really have a quarterback that's going to scare us to death. So that may be a, a game where, yeah, you play Justin Fields to see what he can do against Daniel Jones. Right. Because both teams are gonna ha- aren't going to be playing anybody notable. So it's like, throw out your bench and let them see what they can do. Yep. You know, you're, yep. you're basically playing a meaningless game in Week 17. So throw out the kitchen sink and see what you can do. Yep. At Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the underscore fan underscore man underscore and tell me what you think.